with a series called Avoiding Relationship Killers, where we've been looking at five different foolish patterns that you find in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. The Bible's divided up into two sections, an Old Testament and a New Testament. And the dividing point is Jesus Christ comes on the scene. God himself comes in the person of Jesus Christ. And from then on, you have this, this new thing happening in the way that God connects with us and gives us an opportunity to relate to him. But prior to that, you have God creating a people and beginning to work with them in certain ways. And within the writings to those people, you, that's called the Old Testament, you'll find some things showing up pretty often. You'll find that there is this distinct way of living called folly or foolishness, and you'll find another one called wisdom or the wise man. And so you'll see a lot in the Bible in the Old Testament talk about the fool and the wise, the fool and the wise. And in English, when we think of the word fool, we, we typically think of mentally deficient, you know, someone who's kind of mentally deficient. But the scripture looks at moral deficiency and calls that, that's folly. And so there's some things that are not right in our hearts that give us a self-defeating strategy or a life approach that just doesn't work all that well. And so there's five different life patterns or strategies that are called the fools. And we've been looking at these five different fools. And we've been looking at the Hebrew term and trying to pull that out and figure out what that means in, in our world and in our day-to-day living. But all these five terms, um, these, these things create real problems. They frustrate relationships and they're destructive, potentially, in our relationships. So, so far we've looked at the easy way fool. About uh, three or four weeks ago we looked at this easy way fool who takes a very passive approach to life. It, the, the Hebrew is kasil. They're just, they're just looking for the shortest, the shortcuts in life, the easiest approach in life. Most men struggle with this pattern of just taking a passive approach in life, not aggressively moving forward and doing things that are, that are needed and bearing the responsibility, but sometimes in life we just kind of shortcut our way through, finding the easiest way. There's another fool we looked at a couple weeks ago called the reactive way fool. It's a very controlling, manipulative, foolish pattern that that is something that we may all struggle with as well. Um, the Hebrew term is evil, and it grows out of just a real stubborn self-centeredness, wanting to get what we want in life, and just creates a, a real problem for us as adults. Last week we looked at something called the fun way fool, which is, the Hebrew is the sackle. And the, the fun way fool does whatever they want to please themselves in the moment. They go after things blindly, they don't think about their actions. They just dive right into things without looking at the consequences, and it creates a lot of problems for us. If, you're, if you are a, someone who struggles with that kind of uh, blind desire, just approach life, then it beats you up. You feel a lot of pain. You feel a lot of uh, loss in your life. And if you're connected to someone who struggles with that, you experience that as well. So today we're going to wrap up the series by looking at the last two of these fools in the Bible. We're looking at two characters called the Halal and the Nabal. And those are Hebrew terms that in English they just translate fool. And so unless you look at the original language and see the patterns that emerge, you, you get a real hard, it's really difficult to understand the way these strategies work themselves out. So we're going to start by looking at this, this first one, the Halal. And again, as we look at these different life strategies, we're not doing this to look down on anyone. We're not doing this to try to create um, 
a superior view of other people by believing, oh, you know, by understanding life strategies that don't work so that we can look down on other people who make a mess of their lives. Really what it is is we look at Scripture so that God can speak to us about our own hearts, about our own issues, about our own struggles so that we can begin to change and have relationships and life that really works well. So let's look at this together. The first one is this, the glory way. The Hebrew is halal. And this grows out of a heart problem called haulela. You hear the word haulela, halal. This, this person basically has a very arrogant approach to life. This is something that we all battle with. This struggle is something we all are going to find ourselves dealing with until the day we die. The scripture says that in the lives of men there is madness or there is this haulela, this, this arrogance in our hearts until the day we die. It says we struggle with this while we live and we'll, until the very day we die we're going to battle with our pride. Just believing that we deserve more out of life than we really do. We, we, we feel like we are just a little more superior. We're a notch above everyone else that we are entitled to have our way in life. Scripture says that this is, this is madness. To think this is it's kind of crazy. The reason it's crazy is because when we choose pride or arrogance and lift ourselves up, we find ourselves in opposition to God himself. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. But that, that phrase, God opposes the proud. Anytime we choose pride or arrogance, it's like we're going toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose with God. That's not a place that we want to find ourselves in life, fighting a battle against God himself. In, in my high school, thinking back to those days in high school, everyone knew that there was certain fights you just didn't want to pick. You know, there are certain guys you just didn't want to mess with because you knew no matter what you did, you were going to lose that battle. Especially for me, a smaller guy, shorter guy. You know, it was wise for me to be, you know, in control of my words and my actions. Why would I want to put myself in opposition to someone who I knew was going to beat me into the ground? And, and in a way, that, that's what the Scripture says about pride. Anytime we choose pride, we're going up against someone that we cannot win. We, we cannot beat God himself. He'll, he'll take us down. And so it's, it's kind of ridiculous to think highly of ourselves, more highly than ourselves than we ought, because we're challenging God. This, this really just, this is a demand to get more than we really are due in life. There are some characteristics you'll find in your listening guide. Characteristics of the, the glory way is they're self-promoting, they're boasting, and they're scheming. You know, they're trying to notch themselves up in life without going through the proper procedure of growing. But they shortcut themselves. They promote themselves. And they have a plan. They're very shrewd in the way that they carry out this plan to get what they want out of their arrogance. Um, I want to show you a, a, a video clip how this looks in life. You've got, this is from the movie Kicking and Screaming. And... Um, Typically, the person, the halal, the glory way person, just struggles with this, arro- this arrogance in life, believing they're, they're more important than they really are. And so this fool will do whatever they need to do to get their way. They will lie. They will scheme. They will yell. And it doesn't matter what they want. Perhaps it's over something as simple as a cup of coffee. So look at, look at this scene here. 
I don't know. The Irish cream sounds good, huh? What's that? Hang on uh, one second. Let's try. Let's. Uh, we need the captains too. Hurry up and order. Excuse me. There we go. Thank you. Um, how about a smoothie? What's in that? Smoothie's a juice drink. We want coffee. Buddy, relax. No, you relax. I'm a regular here. This line needs to move. I beg your pardon. Do you have scones? Tall, non-fat, double latte. Sir, you're at the back of the line. I recognize that. Cut it out or you're out of here. You can't kick me out. You know what? You're, you're really invading my ear space. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. Do you have a card? Do you have a card? No, I don't have Does a card. Does anyone here have a card? We don't have frequent drinker cards. That's a video club card. Ah! Zip it there, Sporty Spice! Are we doing this? Oh. Is this happening now? Yes. Want to Great. Go? I'd Let's love to. Let's do it. it. You're hurting me! You're hurting me! What is wrong with you, Derek? I thought we were friends! My name is Andy! Your name is Liar, because you're telling lies! You know what? The odds are I will never come back here again. There's a good chance of that. That's a chance we'll have to take. Okay! That's how you want to play it. That's a good example of this. I deserve to get what I want in life. I deserve to be able to go to the front of the line. I deserve more than the lady and the people that are ahead of me in line because I'm just a little more important. So this person will scheme, lie, use violence, whatever they need to do. The key tool, the key tool that they use is pushiness. They'll push their way forward rather than waiting. It's a process to be promoted, and so rather than waiting, the, the halal, the glory way person will just push their way. Look at what this says in Psalm 75, 4 through 5. It says this. It says, To the arrogant, I say, boast no more, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift your horns against heaven. Do not speak with outstretched neck. An animal with horns, a beast or whatever, before it's about to attack, what it will do is it will lift up its horns to show its dominance. And that's the way that they would challenge their opponent before they're about to attack them. And in the same way, when we choose this glory way, when we choose to lift ourselves up, we're essentially challenging others. That's what we're doing. We're lifting up our horns. And rather than deferring in, in, in different areas of life, our family life, among our friends, church, you know, the halal will just push past others. Um, I, I, I was working... The church that sponsored this church, it's a church in the Valley in Diamond Bar, they, I was on staff there for a, few, for a few years, and when I first started working on that church staff, I was working with our, our senior pastor over there, and I really um, began to battle with this self-promoting. I wanted to, I, I felt like I, I needed to be up there on par with him. And so I would be out in a meeting with our senior pastor, and I was like junior pastor in a sense, and... Uh, and, you know, I was young, and, and he'd been in ministry for, for a long time. And I'd be sitting there in a meeting, and we'd meet with another person. The person would ask him a question, and I'd cut him off, and I'd answer the question for him. Well, you know what we need to do is, and he would just let me run my course. You know, and he'd start talking, and sometimes I'd cut him off, because I feel like he, he was missing something. And so I'd, I'd make sure that I'd get my two cents in. And I don't know if you've ever struggled with that, but... That's this halal. It rose up inside of me. And at times, he would just let me run my course. And then after I was done telling my great plan, the person would 
look at him and wait for him to answer. Because they were asking the question to him, not to me. And so that, that's how it looks. We, just, we push ourselves forward in life, demanding more than we ought to get. There's an approach to life that the whole all takes is this. They're, they praise and they exalt themselves. Praises and exalts self. The word halal, it simply means to praise. And this is their approach. They praise themselves. They take shortcuts to leadership, to power, and to glory. And usually involves stepping people on the way up. These people are often successful people. They, they, they are leaders, in a sense. But only for a short time because their glory is short-lived. It falls apart on them. They end up slipping. They end up falling down. Because God himself will not share glory with another. As soon as we choose the glory road, God himself comes and he'll take us down. They're willing to use lies. They're willing to use threats or violence. Different things in their arsenal to get what they want. Look at Psalm 73, verses 6 through 8. It says, Therefore, pride is their necklace. They just walk around displaying how, how good they are. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds knows no limits. That's their shrewdness right there. They'll do whatever they need to do. They know no limits in in the way they plot. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. You saw that in the video there. They just, the tactics that he was using in order to try to get his way, to get his cup of coffee. He was willing to do what he needed to do. So they're willing to harm others. Oftentimes, it may not be physical. The glory way person, if we choose this, sometimes it's just an emotional harm. Sometimes it's just relationally we'll, we'll, we'll withdraw ourselves to harm people. We'll do what we want, though. Another thing about this approach is it's they're glory grabbing. When we do this, we're glory grabbing. They love being in the limelight. Oscars, you know, where the red carpet is, that's where they want to be, in the limelight. And even in the way that, that we talk at times, we can choose this glory grabbing. Look at Psalm 73, 9. That psalm continues and says, Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. You know, they're very verbally uh, arrogant. They just believe that they control this universe and this planet. They, they lay claims on heaven and, and earth. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but sometimes we talk like we're really God himself. We talk like we know more than God. That's what this looks like. They undermine leadership. It's another approach. They undermine leadership over them. They're loyal to leadership as long as the leader does what they want them to do. And as soon as the leader chooses to go a direction that this person doesn't agree with, then they're gone. They bail. They will not follow as long as this person leads them in a different direction. If they don't get what they want under this leader, they'll find someone else. They abandon loyalties at the most convenient times. Whenever, whenever they find a way to get to the top somewhere, they'll abandon. They'll create a posse. Psalm 73.10 talks about this. The verse goes on and says, Therefore their people, they have their people, therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. Look at this from the message. It's an interesting, different way of phrasing it. People actually listen to them. Can you believe it? Like thirsty puppies, they lap up their words. They get this posse around them. 
when we're arrogant, we're able to somehow get people to believe us and just begin to, to just wait on us in a sense. And, and as he's putting it, you know, they'll drink up waters in abundance or like puppies, they'll just lap up their words. They'll believe this. They're very persuasive people. In family life or among friends, the halal, or even in church life, the halal may try to gain a following and steal the hearts of the followers in order to gain this posse and to create their opportunity to rise to the top and now have people that follow them. This happens in business life. Um, if you work, you know, you have a bunch of coworkers, you'll see this, where people will undermine the leadership. They'll begin to create their group in order to attack the leader at the appropriate time and then to take their position. They drive division in groups. It's another thing about this approach is they may not carry out the division, but they are the ones behind it. They're planning. They're plotting. And they, they believe that God's not real in the sense of he's not really involved in life. They're not atheists. They believe in God. The scripture says that, that they just have this view that God is he's kind of fallen asleep at the wheel. Psalm 73 verse 11 says, they say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? They put themselves above God. They say God has a limit to what he really knows and understands. They believe that God is out to lunch on real life. And so while they, while they may believe there is a God, they don't believe that he has anything to say about our lives. Look at the way that it impacts. Oh, there's one more. No, that's it. The impact is this. Very simple this is what that road, the lifestyle, will lead to destruction. Destruction on them and on their posse. On the group, people that follow a glory way person, a very arrogant person, will eventually just find themselves beaten up. A lot of pain and eventually destruction. Psalm 73, verses 18 and 19. It says, Surely you place them on slippery ground. What God does is He, he allows us in our arrogance to, to get some leadership. But it's slippery. And at a certain point in time, we fall. We fall from our place of glory. We fall from our place of, place of power and leadership. It's just slippery ground. But God is in control of this. He says, you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. So they may have short-term prosperity, but God will pull the rug out from under us if we choose this life strategy. There's another verse in here, Proverbs 24, 21 and 22. It's interesting. It talks about how if you join the posse of an arrogant person, you join with them in undermining leadership and follow them in a different direction than the direction that a family life is supposed to be going in or the, the work place is supposed to be going in or church life, then you'll, you'll pay a price for that as well. Proverbs 24, 21 and 22 says, you don't have this, I don't think, in your listening, guys. But it says, Fear the Lord and the King, my son, and do not join with the rebellious, for those two will send sudden destruction upon them. And who knows what calamities they can bring. What he's saying is stay far away from this kind of person because you'll go down with them if you follow them, if you let them lead you astray. Don't, don't get caught up under a very arrogant person who is undermining leadership. We have to be careful because typically... This glory way approach is, is a very persuasive person. And so we just have to watch the people that we follow. Especially if we're stepping out of lines of authority 
from the way God set up authority in our homes, in our workplaces, within church life. It's, it's safe to be working under authority. But God, God really will. Um, the Scripture says something along the lines of, exalt yourself and you will be humbled. The only way to really be exalted is to choose humility. And that's what this person has to get their minds around. This is how they change. Is they need to learn to serve with humility and exalt others. That's how we can change. If we're struggling in this, we have to learn to take a different approach to life. Mark 10, 42-45 says this. It says, Jesus called them together. He calls His disciples together and He said this. He says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles... They lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. But he says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So humility is the way to be exalted. We think it's to push ourselves forward, but God says if we'll humble ourselves and serve, take the role of a servant, of a slave, then God will exalt us in the right time. But the world's approach, he says, is to just demand leadership now, to demand things right now, to, to step ahead. Humility is just voluntarily, to be humble is to voluntarily take a position of lower importance and to defer to those who are in charge. And just choosing, we have to, humility is a choice that we have to do on our own. People can't humble us, we have to choose to humble ourselves. And if we don't choose to humble ourselves, then God himself will, will bring an opportunity for us to be humbled. And that's oftentimes in a public situation. Oftentimes when we lift ourselves up before people, God will bring us down before people. So this is one area that I think all of us really can identify. Just arrogance and the struggle to boast and to push ourselves up. The second one is, is a much, much more dangerous fool. It's called the predatory way fool. The Hebrew term is the nabal. The nabal. These are very, very dangerous people that are, are real people that exist in life. They weren't just people in the Bible, but the, there are people that are dangerous in our world that we need to be very careful from. The Scripture warns us about these people. And they will show up in family life. They will show up uh, in church life. They will show up um, within a workplace. Their attitude is this. They're merciless. In the way that they approach people and in the way that they deal with life, there are people who take a very, very merciless approach. The characteristics are they're atheistic. This person does not believe in God. They don't believe there's a God who runs the universe. They're ruthless. They're not concerned about people. They're just ruthless. And they take joy in others' pain. The key tool that the Nabal will use, the predatory way person, is pretense. They pretend to be someone else in order to gain trust so they can get close enough to hurt you. This, this grows out of something the Scripture says we all struggle with in our heart. We all have this willingness to, to harm others in order to get what we want, but the Nabal takes this to the extreme and it becomes their way of living. They have a very predatory lifestyle. Isaiah 32, 5-6 says this. It says, No longer, this is the Nabal fool, it says, No longer will the fool be called noble, 
nor the scoundrel be highly respected. You know, they just have this ability to be well-liked because of their pretense. Verse 6 says, For the fool, the Nabal, speaks folly. His mind is busy with evil. He practices ungodliness and he spreads error concerning the Lord. The hungry he leaves empty, and from the thirsty he withholds water. Some of the fools might help you in your time of need, but this kind of person, this kind of character, would rather see people suffer in life. And so the scripture says you need to be very, very um, aware of, of the people you connect with and protect yourself from people that are predatory. Their approach to life is this. They're two-faced. Scripture says they're, you know, they seem nice, but they can't be trusted. They seem like you can trust them. They're, they're, they're the wolves in sheep clothing. They're intensely selfish and they're stingy. They're not giving people. You will not see a predatory way person, a Nabal, give. They will not serve. They're very harsh verbally. They're cruel. They actually run to conflict. They enjoy conflict in life. There are certain people that, that will, you know, when conflict breaks out, they happen to be there often. They're inwardly plotting evil. They prefer win-lose. Look at a video clip. We're going to see uh, just how this shows up in a relationship. We're going to look at Spider-Man 3 when Harry, Harry is supposed to be Spider-Man's best friend. And he asks Peter, Peter Parker, to coffee after his girlfriend breaks up with him. And Spider-Man's all distraught because his girlfriend broke up with him because there's another guy. And so watch to see the predatory lifestyle that his friend Harry has adopted. She says that she's lonely, that I'm not there for her. There's another guy. How you holding up? Not good. Harry, I was going to propose to her. Really? Oh, she's been going through a tough time lately. Career? I mean, a singing waitress at a jazz club? It's not exactly what she had in mind for herself. Singing waitress? What are you, what are you talking about? Well, she was fired from the show. Didn't she tell you? She was fired? She was fired and she told you? She didn't tell me? Well, that's why I asked you here, Pete. I'm the other guy. What? She came to me one afternoon troubled. She needed someone and I was there for her. I've always loved her, Pete. You know that. It just started. I don't believe this. I don't, <clears throat> I don't believe you. I'm really sorry. I just thought you should know. Can I warm you up? Yes, please. How's the pie? So good.
You see, there's this premeditated nature in what Harry, who's supposed to be his best friend, there's, he's acting very cruel to his friend. He could see just how much this would hurt his friend Peter. Now, this is Spider-Man. This isn't real life, okay? But um, this kind of stuff happens, you know? And it's a, it's a progression. It's a, it's a progression of events. And if we choose a predatory lifestyle, one that says, you know, I'm willing to harm people in order to get what I want. I'm willing to, to pay people back to get what I want. It's a progression of those kinds of decisions that create a monster that can do real harm to people. This is, this is for real. In our, in our world, there are people that will take advantage of people who are helpless and hurting and weak. They'll take advantage of people. <clears throat> these are rapists, murderers. These are molesters. These are people that, that you know, do real damage in our society. And Scripture says these are very real people. You have to keep your, keep your eye out for folks. They will spread error about the God of the Bible. In the Scriptures, the Nabals would work their way into the church. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, these were the false prophets and the false teachers. And Second Peter chapter two talks about what this might look like within a church. If we're not careful, we have to we have to keep our eyes on who 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 steps into the church and and what types of characteristics they display. These people may be in religious professions. Every once in a while, you you read a story about it in the news about someone who was in a religious profession that was a predator. You know, so we're to stay alert. We're to protect ourselves. Pastoral leaders are, are are told they have to. This is part of the job that we have is to keep watch over yourselves in the flock. Acts chapter 20 says to the pastors, it says, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and they will not spare the flock. There are people that will find their way into settings to attack. And so, we're to avoid these people. Just some of the impacts that they experience real briefly. One is discovery. They will eventually be discovered for who they are. Jeremiah 17:11 says, Like a partridge that hatches eggs, it did not lay, is the man who gains riches by unjust means. What, when his life is half gone, they will desert him, and in the end he will prove to be a fool. Only for... For a limited period of time, will a predator be able to hide out? They will eventually be exposed and discovered for who they really are. Um, another impact is depression for parents. Scriptures, Proverbs 17:21 says that to have a fool for a son is grief. It brings grief. There's no joy for the father of a fool. But the last thing is the predator will experience death. Uh, those who are committed to this lifestyle, those who are full-blown predators... Um, will have a in the scripture the similar the characteristic that they all experienced was they died. There was some sort of an execution. Um, there was a guy named Amnon who raped his half sister Timar. He 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 shrewdly plotted in order to rape his half sister, and then his brother or her brother found out about it and had him killed, executed. And you find that in Second Samuel chapter thirteen. There's another guy named Nabal. His actual name was Nabal, who withheld good. David, one of the kings, did really, he, he did him good, and Nabal repaid David's good with evil. That's the characteristic of a predator. They will not repay good with good, but with evil. And as David tried to do good, Nabal, Nabal laughed and kind of spit in David's face. 
And so God himself took out Nabal one day. You'll find that in 1 Samuel 25, verse 38. And many people just sit across our country on death row. People who've been predators. This is the, this is the end result. And so, how to change? There are people that are predators that have come to faith in Christ. They've recognized that their way was self-serving, arrogant, and harmful. And they've actually been able to turn their lives around. There's very few. The only, the only thing that can do it is God coming into their lives, making a difference. And they need to learn how to be a compassionate giver. That's how they change, is to become a compassionate giver. You see the verse there. Therefore, as God's people, chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the, as the Lord has forgiven you. This is the path to freedom for a Nabal, for someone struggling with a predatory lifestyle, is to begin to give, to begin to get past themselves for the sake of others. That's the only way out. You know, the, the Scripture, as we looked at all five of these different foolish patterns, the easy way, the reactive way, the, the fun way, the glory way, and the predatory way, God wants us to find freedom from all these things. We all struggle with at least one of these <clears throat> tendencies or these patterns. We all struggle in these areas. And so the two things that God provides for us to, to find freedom, first is this, is just to learn how to walk in wisdom through the fear of the Lord. To break through into a relationship, a real relationship with God, is the starting point. Proverbs 9.10, it says this, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This word beginning, the Hebrew word, it's tequila, not like the drink, but what it means is the starting point, or the breakthrough point. It's the point where if you're digging through a hill, it's the point where you reach the other side and you see the light. That's the breakthrough point for real life. That's how we find wisdom, is we have to break through to the fear of the Lord. We have to enter into a real relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the Son. That's how it begins, is to begin to walk with God through Jesus Christ. If you've never done that before, and you'd like to learn what that's all about, on, on the welcome or on the communication card, there's a box that says, I'd like to learn how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd encourage you to mark that, put that in the offering, and allow us to give you some more information about how to connect with God. Because that's the starting point for finding freedom. From there, the Scripture says, the fear of the Lord will teach us how to live in a wise manner. And secondly, once you've entered into God, into a relationship with God through Jesus, is to learn how to cooperate with Him. Just simply to learn how to walk in step with God, how to listen to Him, how to respond to Him in a real relationship. Galatians 5, 16 and 25 says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. God is trying to keep us walking on with Him through life. And the way that we do that is we, we relate to Him as a person. We relate to Him individually. Not just once a week, once a month, or when bad things happen in our lives, but we relate to Him on a very real daily basis through the Scriptures. God wants to speak to us through this. His, God, you know, God has inspired this book, the Bible, to speak to us, to show us how life really works. And as we take what God has to say and we begin to respond to it, we can keep in step with Him. We can cooperate with Him. That's the way out, is we connect with Him and then we cooperate with Him. So let's go to God in prayer. We're going to sing a few more worship songs. Father, we thank You so much for 
just, again, for highlighting some things out of your word, things that you say will bring real problems in our lives. Arrogance and harm. And Father, that we can see that you know, there are some things about these we may not be you know, full-blown in these areas, and we thank you for that. But there are some things possibly that we see in both of these characters, in these characters that, that we need to be careful for. We need your help in changing. God, I pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that's never reached out and responded to your love, I pray that you would move them, Father, to investigate what it means to to come to know you in a very real way, to begin a personal relationship with you. Lord, would you would you help us, God, when we're wanting to just do our own thing in life, would you help us to learn to cooperate with you, to get past ourselves, Lord, for the sake of, of the people you've placed in our lives. Help us to be um, selfless and servants, Lord. Help us to get past ourselves today as we go about the rest of our day. Lord, help us to, just to start today to be more giving, more serving. We thank you for what you've done, the way you've forgiven us, God, and you've given us a new standing with you through Jesus. We're so grateful, God. Help us to live our lives in response to the work that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.